Welcome back to another daily walk at our walk in Christ. Um, so it's it's actually starting to get nice out again. It's probably going to snow again in a couple of days, but uh, we do have a fifty dollar day. So I actually did officially do a daily walk. I walked. I read my book, and it was awesome. I'm reading currently reading a book called Screw Genomics, uh, which is about. Um, Christmas holidays, uh, you know, wasteful spending stuff for uh, a book I'm working on with someone. So uh, more on that later. Uh, but today I wanted to actually come back on here and talk about uh, science and faith. Uh, and the reason is, you know, as I do a few science and faith type articles or just, you know, just do Christian articles themselves, um, I'll get some some people who are just, you know, very... Um, very dualistic. And, you know, it's kind of funny because in our world, people are like, you know, what's a black and white thinking? And they give you black and white thinking. You either have to be a person of science or you have to be, be one of these wacko religious types. And the reality is, um, it is not inconsistent to be a, a person of great faith and, and a great scientist. In fact, and you scientists that might be watching this, swallow hard. The entire basis of scientific investigation is based on the very same system developed by a Christian that also is the very core of doing systematic theology and understanding who God is. So be careful with that. Now, Let's go ahead, though, and talk about some of the issues and some of the challenges that have occurred over the years, because there is uh, there is a, a logical reason for this discussion. All right. So and, and if you go back and think of Copernicus uh, being one of the the early people that would be pointed to where where he is developing for the first time this theory of the, the world where the earth was not the center of it. And he is doing all these calculations and he has this telescope and he's like, look at this in the telescope. This is the proof that the earth is not the center of the universe. Because up to that point in time, you know, the, the people of the day would put the earth in the center and then everything else rotates around the earth. It's a very egocentric uh, viewpoint, which is not even consistent with theology at all. Um, but the reality is through the dark ages, that's the type of view that has occurred. Now, in, when he points these out, um, he is persecuted for these statements and for these views. And the church itself wanted to deny him on, on the, you know, the official priests of the church wanted to deny him that. So <clears throat> let's identify this, because there is a radical difference between what is biblical faith and what the Middle Ages church thought. That is what the Reformation was about, because the reality is... Somewhere between Gregory the Great and around 600 A.D. and the Middle Ages and the Reformations around your Luther, around your Calvin, the church became completely faithless to the scriptures. They held the scriptures, but l these are those problems that Martin Luther had with it, is that they were not, they were literally in mass joking about what was in there. It was the most irreverent stuff. If God was still the Old Testament times, lightning bolts would have come down. Okay, this is the very thing that killed Aaron's sons when they offered up strange fire before the Lord. But, like it or not, 
we are in a different dispensation. And God doesn't strike you dead with lightning bolts for mere disobedience. And for a long time, what the church did good is they did preserve the scriptures. They just didn't live by it. They didn't teach it. They didn't walk by it. And it's hard to believe if they even believed any of it. Um, the reality is most of the time through those dark ages, religion was used as some people believe it is today. Religion was used as a power to oppress the people. And so anything that questioned or challenged religious, it's easy. You just have the priest declare you a heretic and then burn him at the stake. And that's what happened with a lot of things. But that's not consistent with Christian view. And if you look at one of the very first ever systematic theology texts, which is still one of the best texts to this day, is the Institutes by John Calvin. Because the reality is, as the, ch as the church throughout the Dark Ages forgot what, uh, what the commands in the scriptures were, I mean, they forgot everything about scripture. They just, they were happy to be in the position of the power and the thing that could control the governments and control the states and control the people. And that's kind of what, what they did. They forgot the very first command before the fall, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. That meant you're learning. That meant progress. That meant you're cutting down some trees. That meant you're building a society. It meant all of these things. And the reality is, science was the outpouring of the Protestant Reformation. It is what caused the printing press so we can mass produce Bibles in the common people's tongues so there is a check and a balance against the church. And that is the thing that made the church mad about the Reformation. They did not want there to be a check and a balance because it meant that they could be held out. And if the scripture is ultimately the authority of the church, then what would end up happening with the scripture as the authority of the church, if the common people could read it in a common tongue, they could then challenge the church on the basis of the authority. And that is why, to this day, the Roman Catholicism Church holds the papal office as an equal and, at times, a higher authority. And that is why I reject it as sound biblical faith. But coming back to science... It was this, the progress in the scriptures. It was the what is called the Protestant work ethic that led itself to the scientific discoveries. It was Francis Bacon who established a lot of the core that we hold true in the scientific principles. And so the reality is the formation of medicines, every bit of early science. If you go through your early science books and flip through all these people, of course, the secular schools don't show you this, but dig into the lives of each of those people and you will find almost every single one of them were a sound believer. Pascal had contributions to chemistry. You know, um, there's the Pascal is one of the units of pressure. He also has Pascal's triangle contributions to mathematics. Newton, of course, contributions to uh, physics and to mathematics. One of the co-founders uh, or, 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 or early, early, um, early uh, educators on calculus, the entire concept of the calculus. These, these men were both deeply spiritual men. 
And it wasn't incompatible. Even Darwin himself came from a background in theology and even greatly rejected his own work and the origin of the species. A lot of people look at the origin of species holding it up as this is the thing. No, read that today and read some modern science literature. What you're going to find is that Darwin himself would have rejected his theory because he gave himself several outs inside of origin of species. If this were to be true. One of the things is if the cell is more complicated than this plasma pool, because in the 1800s, that was the prevailing viewpoint of the cell. It's just a blob. There's nothing going on in there. If Darwin even wrote in The Origin of Species, if the cell is more complicated than this plasma pool, my entire theory collapses. Well, now we know inside of a cell is such in-depth machinery. The, the way a flagellum works to simply move things around here and there. Every bit of it is based on the same principles we use to develop an electromotor. All right. Um, you have, of course, the, the concept of irreducible complexity. Uh, this is the problem he had or, or in Origin of Species. If you read through that and look at the part he says about the eye, he's like, this... I can't wrap my head around this. Now we know the depths. We have the cones and the rods inside of the eyes. We have um, just how all the photosystems work, how the lens and the focal point. There is, if any one of these systems wasn't there, nothing in the eye would work at all. It's called irreducible complexity. It's one of the greatest signs of, a, of an intelligent designer behind everything. And the reality is, Science is in no way incompatible with faith. And as somebody left me the comment the other day, it's like, you say you are an atheist and, and a scientist, and now you just follow blind faith. No, sir, I do not follow blind faith. I follow a faith that is the evidence of that is what you hope for in the substance of that which is unseen. And I completely murdered that verse, but it's in Hebrews. I think it's Hebrews 11.1. 1. <clears throat> but the reality is, no, I am a scientist. I have multiple degrees in science, including the highest degrees you can get in science. And it is in no way incompatible. And, and, and this lends me kind of full circle in my times in academia. Uh, you know, I, I, of course, went to 10 years of higher education. And then I spent, um, I think, three years as a college professor. And then doing a lot of other things in the scientific fields as well. Uh, sales, you know, sales in the scientific fields and things like that. And, and what ended up happening through the course of everything is that I realized that a whole lot more people <clears throat> now in in college I was in the molecular fields. Um I did my degree in in um industrial biochemistry and I did my doctorate in molecular toxicology. So a whole lot of molecular biology in my past, a whole lot of biochemistry in my past. And all for not the majority of people in those fields are people of faith. Now, we used to joke, uh, at, at kind of an insulting little joke, as as 20-year-old um, arrogant college students will do, and we talked about the squirrel counters. You know, they're not the real biologists. They're just the squirrel counters. Of course, those are kind of like your macrobiologists, the people out collecting species and whatever else, kind of following in Charles uh, Darwin's um, um, uh, idea there. Um, so... 
what we used to joke around is that, you know, those guys there, they don't understand how the fundamentals work. They just, you know, collect specimens and count specimens and organize specimens. And that's, you know, that's one thing. And there's a lot also that can be said for the Galapagos Island studies that I'm not going to mention right here uh, in this one. But uh, the reality is a lot of the people in that macrobiology field do tend to move towards an evolutionary belief. But a lot of people in the molecular sciences tend to disagree with it. And I knew a whole lot of real, real, real high up guys, uh, very respected guys in science. In fact, one of my favorite stories is we were kind of discussing evolution stuff in our lab at one point in time. And and, you know, we had some postdocs in there and we had some, <clears throat> those of us undergrads in there and, and we had this like four or five person conversation going about evolution. And, and we had one guy who was just totally agnostic. I have no idea. I was sitting there going, no, I mean, I don't believe in evolution for a lot of these good reasons. And I had, you know, the postdoc, he's like, oh, well, I'm the postdoc. So blah, 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 blah. And the file, our principal investigator comes in. Uh, you know, that's the top guy that runs the lab. And not only was our principal investigator, our principal investigator, he was also the head of our entire center. They kept asking him to become the head of the department, but he's like, I don't want to focus on my research. This guy was a scientist among scientists. He walks in, he goes, oh, what are we talking about? He goes, evolution. He goes, hey, there's no evidence for that. And he walks around and walks away. Okay? That's the type of stuff we see, and that's why I hate movies like Expelled, because it tries to bring up so much hatred and division, and we don't want hatred and division. It's not incompatible to be a scientist and to be a man of faith, because faith moves at the heart beyond where the mind can go. But it's not blind. It never is blind. You're following an understanding of who you are, who we are, and who Christ is in the middle of it all. So there's nothing inconsistent with being a Christian and being a scientist. The Reformation helped bring, you know, close that together, brought that unity back in where the church had it divided before that. The Reformation brought it back in. But now we have this hugely divided populace. And we breed on division. And we don't need to breed on division. We can understand the role of science is different than the role of faith. And you cannot even ask origins questions in the realm of science. You can ask it in philosophy as you discuss it. You can look at it in theology, but it's not a scientific question. Because if it were a scientific question, we could get outside of the system. And the system we're discussing is the universe. We can't get outside of the universe. But God can. And that is the importance of faith. So that's, I think, what I want to say about that for now. So thanks for coming along on this daily walk. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com. Thank you.